this is a bonus story for you. Uh, WTSP.com did a story on a little 10-year-old girl having seizures and how medical marijuana would help her and has helped her. Uh, as a last resort, her family tried a non-euphoric strain of medical marijuana for their 10-year-old daughter's relentless seizures. Is that the Charlotte's Web stuff? That is the Charlotte Web stuff. A video of Charlotte Figi that shows her during a seizure is credited for revolutionizing the way the world views the cannabis plant. Her seizures were instantly abated because of medical marijuana. So her 300 weekly seizures are down to zero her first week after that first dose. Uh, I sent you some audio today. It's similar to the audio you played last week. Uh, I guess in Massachusetts they're voting on, I think, medicinal marijuana. I don't know if it's full on legal or medicinal. Right. And so they're running a commercial that tells you why you shouldn't vote for it. So think of the girl that uses it for her seizures and her epilepsy when you're hearing these commercials. We have reached out to John Morgan to try to get him on the show. We have. Because uh, he's he's back on the bone and we're yes on two all the way. And he's a spokesperson for yes on two. We could not support Yes on Two any more than we already do, and I'd love to have him speak about it. But yes, I have the uh, audio right here of this new anti-marijuana dispensary commercial for the state of Massachusetts. Question four would allow thousands of pot shops and marijuana operators throughout Massachusetts in neighborhoods like yours. Shops that sell pot edibles that look like candy and high-potency marijuana. In pro-pot states, incidents of drugged driving and fatal car accidents are up. More pot shops than McDonald's and Starbucks combined. <laughs> Higher potency, dangerous drivers. It's the reason health Mom. professionals are urging Kevin? you to vote no on four. So what happens is they show a mother that's uh, pulling up to a plaza and getting out of the car with her daughter, and then they show her son coming out of the pot shop. Give me a break. Why don't they show a 10-year-old girl having seizures 300 times a week? And then getting medical marijuana and not having seizures anymore. They're they're showing in this commercial a kid who clearly isn't even old enough to go into one of those places. Right. Walking out with a whole bag full of stuff. And guess what? If your 14, 15-year-old kid wants to get weed right now, he can find weed right now. It's been around since the beginning of time. That's right. And if you legalize it, there will be even more restrictions and there will be severe penalties for those dispensaries that would sell to kids who are underage. Man, it, it, it works wonders for seizures. I don't understand how anyone can be opposed to Amendment 2 in the state of Florida. It's, it's going to happen this time. Don't worry about it. I mean, we're going to see keep pushing it, but it'll happen. And, and, and finally, these parents will be able to get some relief for their children. My fear is that people will be so turned off by the presidential candidates that they will forget that your vote can seriously impact Amendment 2 in Florida. I think that's I think Amendment 2 is a, a big reason why a lot of people are going to vote this year. I know it's the only thing getting me out to the poll. That's the headliner. I still don't know who I'm going to cast my vote for for president. I'll probably write in someone, but I know that I'm voting yes on two, and I can't for the life of me understand how anyone would want to embrace anything other than the compassionate choice, which is yes on two. Yeah, Florida's been behind the times for a while now, so let's just put a stop to that. 727-579-1025. If you disagree, I'd like to know why. <sighs> I really would. Because look what look at pain pills. Look what they do to you. There's this dude in the uh, in the bone chat room. He goes by, uh, well, I, he used to be knock. I forget what he is now. He calls himself the mayor. You're in the chat room? I thought you were done with that. No, no. There, I've, t- I've helped turn the tide from the inside. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I've helped scare a few trolls away. So, <laughs> so this dude who's in there now, he was on pain pills for years, and they made him basically an addict. I don't want to speak for him, but these pain pills did nothing good for him. 
So he switched to weed. And guess what? He's able to function again. It's a plant. It's not an opiate. It's not something that's going to get you hooked and kill you. It is a freaking plant. I think a lot of the problem is that we're always comparing it to pills and we're comparing it to alcohol. It needs to stand on its own as a medicine that can help sick people. And that's it. We don't need to compare it to alcohol or pills or anything else any longer. Right. Let's just look at it as a medicine that can help people. And that's exactly what it is. It is a medicine that can help people. 727-579-1025 and 800-771-1025. Here come the no on two people. I got to hear this. I got to hear this. There's no no on two people. Right. They're what not. They're not listening. Nikki, what are they saying? Oh, hold on a second. Hello there. Are you no on two? Hey. Hi. Hi. Hey. It's Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Drew. <laughs> oh, you're. Oh, okay. Hi. I didn't know you were answering your own call. Sometimes I do. <laughs> okay, I am very divided okay. on Amendment Two. Let's talk about this. Okay. Okay. You talk first. Okay. The reason that I'm very divided mm-hmm. about Amendment 2 mm-hmm. is that if I if it were for medical purposes, for people that actually really need it, mm-hmm. I would have no problem voting yes. But you're, I don't believe you're going to be able to keep it out of the hands of people that are just getting fake, you know, medical diagnoses and going in just to get the pot. Can I ask you why you care about that? Um... Well, I'm, I mean, I smoked pot when I was, you know, 17, 18, 16, you know. Okay. Um, I don't now, but, you know, I have a sister that does, and she's, you know, in her 50s. Then, so, then why do you care? You. Then why would you care if someone, okay, look at look at it this way. And then here's the thing. Those people that would walk into that shop and buy it, they're already getting it right now. They're already getting high. And they're breaking the law to do so. They're risking losing their kids, losing their house, losing their car to get their weed. So you would, if you voted no on two and, and Amendment 2 fails, you would take compassionate care away from a 10-year-old girl yeah. simply to That's punish those I'm people. With. Well, That's you what should I'm struggle with that because it's wrong. It's nothing to even struggle with. Right. Like, like, why do you care if someone smokes weed if they don't, quote-unquote, need weed your sister smokes weed is she a bad person no she's but i don't agree with her but why not what do you care about what she does as long as she's not driving or hurting anybody else you know drew it's the problem is that it's it's gonna be crazy people are gonna be all over smoking pot no they're not they're not not. look okay you don't smoke pot now right no would you smoke it if they legalize it I don't think so. Well, there you go. And and even if you did, so what? It's a plant. You know, you realize that alcohol is perfectly legal, right? And that you could right now go buy a bottle of something in a store that you could drink the whole thing and it could kill you. But you don't do that because you don't want to die, right? Absolutely. I you know I enjoy a drink every now and then. Who doesn't? I, yeah. <laughs> But I don't go, I don't drink to excess and get behind the wheel of my car. And you know what? No. I don't, and there's no DUIs. I don't see any stories about DUIs out there. So everybody <laughs> handles alcohol the, the right way. <laughs> the, the point, the point is let people. I think there's a lot of people like me, Drew. I think there's a lot. Unfortunately. Of voters right now that are struggling right. with what to do. Right. And I understand that. And, and I, all I can do is try to persuade you to make the compassionate choice, which is understand that people are going to get their hands on it regardless. At least in a dispensary, they have regulations in place that prevent it from selling to kids. 
and everyone who wants to get it, even if I were to go to the uh, the doctor and go, you know, doctor, I've got crippling social anxiety. I just can't be around a group of people unless I'm high. So he writes me a prescription and I'm able to smoke weed and get high. How does that affect your life and how does that affect anyone's life who isn't involved with me? It doesn't, right? Well, I voted I voted no the last time mm. when this was up. And, of course, it didn't pass. And but this, I mean, I have talked to parents of kids with seizures, and, mm. and it breaks my heart that this could help them and it's not available to them. Well, then you know the right uh, choice to make, my dear. Uh, it's just painful you're 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 so you're leaning towards actually punishing people than helping people so you're no, you're more of a you're more of a negative thinker than a positive thinker oh seth shut up I well, no, just, no, he's right in, no i'm not a negative thinker i just i'm not a proponent of just every tom dick and harry being able to walk around smoking pot. Why, but why not like why okay let's look at even recreational weed suppose a, above the board anybody without a medical condition could just go into a place and buy weed. Why shouldn't they be able to buy weed? They can buy booze. They can buy cigarettes that have no medical benefit whatsoever but give you lung cancer. So why shouldn't they be able to buy something that puts them at ease, calms them down, helps them overcome anxiety, etc.? Why shouldn't they? Because they say, uh, people say, studies have shown that it's a drug that will lead to other drugs. No, no they don't at all. How old are you? Oh, don't even go there. He's I'd, just I'd, asking I'd, a I'd question. I'd like to know how old you are. I'm in my 40s. Okay, so you've been brainwashed by the anti-marijuana contingent since you were five years old. Dare, say no to drugs, just say no, etc. It's a plant, sweetheart. You put, a, you put a seed in the ground, you grow it, it comes from the earth, and it's a plant. You could legally get prescribed things by doctors right now that kill your brain, that turn you so into you a zombie. you see that there will be issues that will come up because people are buying it that shouldn't. No. You anyone don't think there's any issues. Anyone who wants to buy it should be able to. They don't ask you when you go to buy weed, are you addicted to this? Are you an alcoholic? You have the freedom. Well, I have I have a bad knee, and I need a knee replacement. Does that mean that I can go in and say, hey, I really need some relief from this knee pain. Yes. Let me buy some pot. Yes, absolutely. You should be able to. And if it helps you overcome the pain, it absolutely should. Well, I, I truly feel like my husband and I, we had this big discussion last oh, night. And, and we both were like, I said, how are you feeling? He's 10 years older than I am. And he's like, I'm, I don't know. I'm struggling with it. And we both are. So ah, tell me what to do. I have told you what to do. Be compassionate and accept the fact that adults are going to do what they're going to do. People are going to smoke weed and there's nothing you can do about it. If you legalize it, then at least they are regulated and you don't have to meet up with some dealer in the parking lot of the West Shore Mall putting your freedom at risk. Let people smoke weed because it has nothing to do with your life. You go to most people who don't smoke weed already and you go, would you smoke it if it was legal? And then they go, well, no. So then legalize it and the people who are going to smoke are going to smoke and the people who aren't aren't just because it's legal doesn't mean you have to do it well no no i'm not going to do it so all right all right thank I'll vote yes. all right God. well thank you for the call i appreciate it and, and i've enjoyed this open and honest discourse i haven't and and i hope that you will vote yes on too thank you Seth, Seth, i love you you told me to shut up four times get out of here <laughs> <laughs> thank you sweetheart i appreciate Bye. it
in the studio with us right now, Stevie Y himself, Steve Eiserman, to promote the 2012 Tampa Bay Heart Walk. See, you are nervous. I am indeed. I didn't think I would be, but we pretty much got the Michael Jordan of hockey in here with us. Is it okay if we call you Stevie Y? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, in management now, so I I prefer Steve, but we can do Steve. Yeah, Steve. Oh, geez, good job. Just, like, for, just like Steve. old times. <laughs> <laughs> now, Steve's here to promote the 2012 Tampa Bay Heart Walk. It's going to be tomorrow at Raymond James Stadium. You can still sign up, tampabayheartwalk.org. Activities begin at 8. Walk begins at 9. Danielle will have breakfast cooked for everyone at 7.30, so make sure you so, show up early for that. Danielle is going to do the uh, heart walk. And, man, thank you so much for being here, Steve. Oh, we appreciate it. My pleasure. Enjoy it. No uh, problem. Mr. Eisman, if you were doing if the season was happening right now would you still be doing all this promotion for the heart walk or do you have some free time on your hands uh have more time than than normal obviously but depending on the schedule uh yeah we'd probably whether it was today or another day uh uh, make arrangements to get out and and promote the heart walk when when the lightning got involved we set a goal to have the biggest heart walk ever the most walkers raise the most money and we're on target to do that so uh you guys having us here on air helping to promote it trying to encourage anybody last minute if they want to come out tomorrow uh, there's there's more than enough room to accommodate you. Awesome. Get out there as the activities begin at 8, and if you raise a minimum of 100 bucks, you get a Heart Walk t-shirt. You can participate by joining or starting a company team or by collecting donations as an individual or a family. It's a great cause, and we want everybody to show up. Now, I was doing my research on you, Steve, and I'll be honest with you. I am not much of a hockey guy. I know I have my Bolts t-shirt on, uh, but I'm a basketball guy first and foremost, but you are a legend, and uh, in reading about you, I saw that your first year when you were drafted you went to a minor league hockey franchise is that correct uh when i was drafted actually by the detroit red wings yeah no i as an 18 year old out of i was playing uh in 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 ontario in canada and was able to surprisingly to myself made the team in detroit uh they were a rebuilding team uh there had a lot of jobs open and i was able to, to stick with the team as an 18 year old and stayed with them throughout my career what was attractive about tampa bay when you decided to come here uh, Stamkos, St. Louis, uh, Le Cavalier, you know, they had a, a good nucleus of players. Um, uh, Jeff Finnick, an outstanding, uh, you know, a new owner to the league. My meetings with him were, I came away really impressed and, and I thought, Hey, this is a good opportunity. I really wanted to be a general manager in this league, run an organization. Uh, I, I thought there was a lot of things in place that made it very attractive here. Were you surprised by the amount of passion and knowledge that the Tampa Bay hockey fans seem to have for the Lightning? I mean, we are in Florida after all. Yeah, you know, I played uh, in Tampa as a player uh, coming in with the Red Wings, and the building was always, you know, I played in all three different buildings that the Lightning played in, at the fairgrounds, at the uh, uh, at the Trop, and then, uh, you know, uh, once or twice at the Forum. The building was always full, so, you know, it kind of has a, a nice following what, what I've really appreciated in in the two years, the two seasons that I've been here, is is the passion that our that our fans. We have a good core, and good nucleus of, of season ticket holders, people who follow the team, and you know, you go to a game, people know what they're watching, they know what they want, uh, they know when a, a game is played well, when a team is playing poorly. So, you know, it's a good community. You got, uh, I believe, the game is is you know, it attracts fans. If people come out and see it and wa- watch. It's an entertaining product. People will like the game. Even you know, uh, people from Florida who didn't grow up around the game will, will will be drawn to it because it is an exciting thing to watch. What about the people that just want to see the fights? Are you okay with them? You know, you get them out there, then they actually turn into hockey fans. Yeah, I, you know, unfortunately, our sport, you know, uh, has you know, there's they allow fighting in the game, and you do see it, and it's promoted, and uh, uh, it does bring people out of their seats. Uh, it's being phased out, really. Just evolution of the the sport is changing. There isn't as much. We we uh, as an organization, the way we're built or the way I'm building a team, the teams that I played on, 
didn't have, you know, it wasn't built around uh, intimidation or for, I'm looking for more skill, uh, uh, speed, um, intelligence and competitiveness, but it's, it happens and it happens in the other sports occasionally, even sure. they, they don't allow fighting, but you know, sports and, and competition brings out, uh, uh, you know, you, you, every now and then a guy loses it for whatever reason. And that happens in all sports, but I think it's, uh, it's a misconception that, that is, it's a big part of the game. It's a very small part of it. We've got Steve Eiserman in the studio with us promoting the 2012 Tampa Bay Heart Walk. Uh, Steve, what do you think about Tampa Bay as a sports town overall? A lot of people like to knock the Buccaneers because they don't sell out all their games, and they like to knock the Rays because they're not selling out every single night. Uh, when you, I mean, you've been in Detroit, you've been in major sports towns. What do you think about Tampa Bay overall as a sports city? Well, uh, to, with you have uh, all the sports here plus college sports. Yeah. Um, and great weather that people are very active. Like uh, it's one thing that I notice is how active, whether people are out biking, uh, running or out on the water, paddling, whatnot, people are always doing something. So whether they're watching or doing their own thing, you got a lot of competition. So it's difficult for, uh, for people. And really, I, I, um, you know, you mentioned teams not selling out. Well, economy has a lot to do with that. In Florida, you know, I I played in Detroit, and at the end of my career, was in, uh, the economy hit Michigan hard as well. You know, the downturn in the economy that has an effect. I this is a great sports area, Florida in general. I mean, you you know, and it's not just football and baseball, but all sports they follow it. So uh, this is a good community, but we have a lot of competition. All the teams have competition. We have to have a good product, and we have to run a good business. Yeah, and it's not like they're just competing with each other. They're competing with the great weather outside, with the amount of entertainment there is, with Bush Gardens up the road. you got so many options that uh, it's not just hockey versus baseball versus football. It's hockey versus everything else in the world. Exactly. Uh, we've got Steve Eiserman promoting the 2012 uh, Tampa Bay Heart Walk. All right, here's a question I thought of last night. Steve, who doesn't like Steve Eiserman? Canada loves Steve Eiserman, Detroit Red Wings fans love Steve Eiserman, Tampa Bay fans love Steve Eiserman. Who does not like Steve Eiserman? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, there's days my wife's not a real fan <laughs> of me. Um, uh, I think you'd find a few people in Colorado that uh, right. uh, aren't big fans of anybody associated with the Red Wings. But, okay. you know, I, I'm, my goal is five years from now, ten years from now, the people in Tampa Bay still like Steve Eiserman. I've got a job to do and certain goals that I want to accomplish uh, uh, here, and I'm hoping we can do that. And uh, I believe with the, the, the people that uh, I have around me and the organization that, that we'll be able to accomplish those goals. Now, as a player, Steve, I'm sure you would, uh, before a game and, d- and during a game, you get that adrenaline that you're out on the ice, you know, you're in it. Do you still get anything even close to that? Like when you sign somebody or when something really cool happens at work, is it at all similar, the endorphins running through your body, or is it just a completely separate thing? Uh, no, it's very similar. Like, uh, again, I, I enjoy being... Uh, staying in the game uh, because the wins and losses matter. Now, you know, as a manager, you know, obviously you're not out on the ice experiencing the same thing as a player, but wins are wins and losses really matter. Uh, you do get competitive, even even whether it's making a trade or or signing a contract. That's the one part. Yeah, you don't necessarily try to win in that. You know, you try to make a deal. That's one thing that's a change, and we do get competitive and. You know, you're, you're like just negotiating a contract, for example, thinking you're trying to win everything, thinking you're trying to win every trade. You're never going to end up getting deals done. You have to be fair, and ideally everybody wins, and that's how you're, I think you become successful as a manager. But sitting there watching your team play, wins and losses, absolutely, it's the same. You have that same feeling as a player. Are you on edge the whole time you're watching the Lightning player? Can you sit down and enjoy them, or is it tough for you to do that? 
Uh, it depends on the situation, you know, the, the uh, importance of the game. Well, you know, obviously a game in the preseason you're watching differently than a game in the regular season, and game seven of the conference finals <laughs> you're, is even different. But what I try to do, uh, I try to watch them objectively as, as the manager of the team. You know, the players are out there making the biggest difference. The coach is behind the bench doing his thing, making his line changes, adjustments during the game. As a manager, I try to watch. I'm watching our players, uh, assessing our players, trying to figure out, you know, what do we need to do to be better as an organization? We're trying to watch the other team. What players do you like from them? Because it's really important to know players around the league. So you got a lot going on, but I try to look at it at the bigger picture more so than what's necessarily happening in the game. We've got Steve Eiserman in the studio from the Tampa Bay Lightning promoting the 2012 Tampa Bay Heart Walk. It is tomorrow at Raymond James Stadium. Get signed up at tampabayheartwalk.org. If you ever have insight for a player, do you go directly to that player or do you let the coaching staff handle all of that? For the most part, I leave it to the coaches. You know, they're they're the direct uh, link to the players. On occasion, just because I did play for a long time, I may once in a while pop in and see a player more. Not so much on uh, maybe things the team are doing, but uh, maybe individual, an individual skill or a thing that I see a player that maybe I've got something that I can offer to him uh, that may help. Uh, but generally, er- everything really works through the coach. You know, I, t- I talk directly to him. I stay out of the locker room. Yeah, it's between you know the coaches and the oh, yeah. players. That's their domain. I uh, go down to the coaches' offices down there, but again, I'll try and help the players out occasionally on something on a on a little skill, but um, I leave it really to the coaching staff. Not a Mark Cuban kind of guy, where you feel like you need to have your hands on every little decision that they make. Yeah, <laughs> try not to be. <laughs> right. you know, it's hard. You get passionate about it, and you love your team and your players, and you want you want to be involved. But I just my management style is you know hire the best people and, and let them do their thing, giving them what they need to be successful and try and stay out of their way. We were just talking to Steve Eiserman about you two, and uh, you got to meet Bono when you were up in Detroit. Yeah, a couple of years ago, a friend, uh, good friend of mine, uh, uh, his son's friend, uh, father was the uh, head of his security team or something, and we were able to, before the show, get a chance to spend a couple of minutes with him and talk to him, ask him a few questions. And Man. Pictures. Yeah, very exciting. And you said you hung out in a bar one time with Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam? <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. I, um, actually, it was in Vancouver. Uh, Eddie, uh, Eddie Vedder was friends with Chris Chelios, a teammate of mine in Detroit, and he came up to spend some time with Chris, so we got a chance uh, just to sit with him in a, a hotel lounge and <laughs> he and his wife and, and talk, you know just sit and talk. He was very, uh, very down to earth. Wow. And, uh, it was a great evening for us. And I bet he tells people that he got to meet Steve Eiserman too. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Steve Eiserman from the Lightning in with us. The 2012 Tampa Bay Heart Walk is tomorrow at Raymond James Stadium. You can still sign up, tampabayheartwalk.org. Uh, show up at 8. The walk begins at 9. No fee to walk, but raise some money. And if you raise 100 bucks, you're eligible for a Heart Walk t-shirt. Uh, you want to take some phone calls from our wonderful listener, Seth? All right, let's take a chance. Eight seven seven three two seven ninety seven ninety seven. Hey Jason, what's happening? Welcome to the Morning Asks, featuring our special guest Steve Eiserman. How you guys doing today? What up, Jay? Hey, question for Steve: What was the hardest decision that you ever had to make in your professional career, having to do with your personal life? Did you have to say no to something and say yes to your per, uh, professional career? And do you ever think back on it and wonder how your life would be different today? Yeah, well, really, the only the biggest change for me was leaving the Red Wings to come to to Tampa Bay. That was the toughest decision I had to make. I've been in Detroit uh, since the age of eighteen, and uh, been in the organization a long time. My kids were born uh, in, in Detroit, so it was a major a major career move for me, and uh, uh, a decision I I spent a lot of time thinking about. Uh, 
but I look back and I've, I've really enjoyed the change. Uh, I enjoy the challenge. I like being here in Florida and uh, it, it's, you know, another step in uh, uh, another phase of my life, which I've really enjoyed. And I'm, I'm glad I've made the decision. Good question, Jason. Thank you, man. Hey, not funny, guys. Have a great day. You do the very same Your thing. Your are deep. Uh, not usually. You bring the best in them. I thought they were going to ask me what my favorite song was. <laughs> It'll happen. Trust me. They'll ask about their underpants probably, too. What is it, by the way? What's your favorite song? What is song? your favorite song, Steve? Just so we know. Those are the questions Stairway we Stairway to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, what's up, man? Welcome to the Morning X with Steve Eiserman. Hey, thank you. Good morning, guys. What's up, Michael? Steve, I, I grew up a huge Blackhawks fan, so I was never able to really watch you, but always respected you as a leader. With that, you were probably the youngest captain in NHL history at 19. What was the biggest responsibility you had with that? And how did you kind of bring in the veterans to want to, you know, listen to what you had to say over what they wanted to do? Uh, you know, we had a great group of veterans when I was named captain. Actually, I think I was 21 when I was named the captain in Detroit. But really, I just deferred to the older guys. They controlled the uh, the atmosphere in the locker room, kind of the attitude of the team. For me, I, I really I kept my mouth shut. I went out and I tried <laughs> to work hard and practice and and. and lead by example, so to speak. But anytime there was an issue or whatnot, again, it was the veteran players that I really deferred to. You know, here I am, 21. We had guys anywhere from from the age of 19 to, to 40 on that team. And I'm not in a position as a 21-year-old, even though I'm the captain, to really be dictating to, to the veteran guys that are fathers of children and families and have been in the league a lot longer than me. So fortunately, they were good guys. And, you know, they respected the fact that I was a captain, but they dictated the attitude and led our team. Great question, man. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Take oh, care, guys. That was good. I'm impressed with our listeners. Where are all these intelligent listeners every other day of the week? Nowhere. <laughs> are they hiding out? Did they somehow find out on a message board that Steve was going to be here? Uh, 877-327-9797. What's up, Hunter? Well, yes, Seth, go oh, ahead. Danielle was saying going, going to live five. five. is a good oh, line. Oh, Hunter. Hang on, Hunter. That's not you. Uh, hold on one second. We got Richard. Richard, what's up? Welcome to the Morning X with Steve Eiserman. Hey, good morning, guys. Got, got a uh, Steve Eiserman. Um, Quick question, how do you feel about players playing over in Europe during a lockout? Are you really concerned about them risking a, a very vital injury? I certainly hope that that doesn't happen. I guess, uh, you know, I have mixed emotions about it or mixed feelings about it. Uh, one, you know, I, I want, you know, we want our guy. I'm hopeful that this lockout ends and ends sooner than later and we get our players back. I want them to be in the best shape they possibly can be. I think there's pros and cons to them playing over in Europe. Uh, injury is a concern, but I always, and my approach, even when I played was, you know, I'm going to kind of try and do the things that I want to do, regardless of whether it's on the ice or off the ice. I want to enjoy, uh, my life and I don't, not worried about getting hurt doing it. So, um, you know, the, we got guys here in Tampa that are skating out in Brandon. I know uh, Marty and Vinny and some of the guys that have chosen not to go to Europe to play. Uh, they're out there skating and practicing. The guys in Europe, I think we have four of them there right now. I hold my breath, uh, uh, but I, I can't worry about it. Um, you know, I really have no control over the situation. So I hope they stay healthy. Uh, the positive is they're playing hockey. They're in they're in, in, in good shape, and, and we'll get them back. But we are seeing players every day. I'm hearing another report of a player who's coming back with some sort of injury or not. So. Got you, Matt. Great. Appreciate the call, Richard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess he wasn't happy with the answer. I guess he was. I don't know what he was looking I don't for. Think there. I really answered it. Didn't I? Yeah, uh, man. Well, we really appreciate you being here, Steve. Again, everybody, show up for the Heart Walk tomorrow. TampaBayHeartWalk.org. It is tomorrow. The activities begin at eight. The walk starts at nine. I know Danielle, you're going to be out there. I am. And it's my first one. I'm very excited. Did you raise a hundred dollars so you can get a T-shirt? I don't know. I'm going to put it back up on on our Facebook fan page at uh, facebook.com/slash/theMorningX. I'm going to donate. 
$47 to your cause, Danielle. Look at Steve Eiserman and tell him, because then I know for sure you'll well, do Steve, it. Steve, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her the $47 right after the show. I, I'll, I'll, how about 50 I'll give you 50 Okay, good. All I right. knew it would raise it by 3 bucks. <laughs> I will match that $50, and you have $100 right now. And I'm going to have a T-shirt! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.